It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Jessica back with you for an episode of Willow Bower. We haven't had this in quite a while, so just to catch everybody up on it, um, it's been actually quite a lot of episodes and quite a lot of time in between. So if you get into the Blog Talk Radio menu and you happen to be coming in from that angle, you can get all the old episodes of Willow Bower there. Or if you're checking me out with iTunes, um, you can also download all the episodes for free there. So just a brief very brief um, summary to get you started if you're kind of new to it or it's been a while. Um, Luke and Annalise are accidentally in an otherworldly place that was kind of very difficult for them to make their way through, and they knew that they had to find the lands of a being named Anya, whose culture resembles an awful lot like the Celtic otherworld. And there's a lot of details that I guess you probably just need to go back and listen to, but there are human soldiers or mercenaries of some kind on an outer plane in between the human world and Anya's world and they don't know why they're there but it's not good and they have come violently as humans sometimes do so Luke happens to be a scientist and also a metaphysician of sorts and has a particular map with symbols that they figured out some uses for and Annalise has some particular talents of her own So now they're bargaining right now with Anya about how to get home, but she has some things that she wants from them first. So that's a very brief recap. I'm going to go ahead and start. It's been a little bit of time since I have recorded one of these, so I don't know how much text I can get in before we run out of time um, because I wrote quite a few pages here. So we will just start, and we will see how far we get until we do it again. So here we begin, Willow Bauer, Volume 2, Chapter 2. Luckily, Luke and Annalise did not sleep for three days, as she was concerned could happen in this strange, time-distorted place. Luke was awake before she, and dressed. He rubbed his face briskly with a soft cloth and turned to look at her. Looks like we weren't lost in sleep for days after all, he said. The girl came and went and left us a basin of warm water, cloths, and some fruit and bread over there, he pointed. Her name is Sophie, the girl. Annalise swung her legs over the side of the bed and stepped softly onto the woven rug, heading for the food. She was too hungry now to worry about whether or not eating their food was safe. She quickly had a mouthful of grapes. Annalise, what is happening here? Luke asked. You said we were waiting several days, but I swear we just arrived and you went to change your gown before dinner. I have no memory of any three days passing. I don't remember anything else until I was standing in the hallway looking for you and dealing with that exasperating guard. Did something happen to me? Have I had a head injury or something? Annalise started to laugh, and she knew it was inappropriate. Exhaustion, hunger, emotional trauma, fear, and brokenheartedness had undone her. She laughed so hard that her sides hurt, made even worse by the puzzled look on Luke's face. No, she laughed, no injury that I know of. This place is disorienting. When I'm in the Great Hall, I can see it as I think you see it, full of finery and light and people, but I also see flashes of it empty and bare and abandoned, perhaps as it was once, or someday it will be. 
I think the all time in the in this place is the now. The past and the future are the now, or they overlap with each other. I don't know. He sat down on the bed and pulled her down next to him by the hand. Well, we wanted to speak to her. You have and I have. If I remember, she was looking at the map, but I have no idea what she was talking about. I think I explained it to her. You did, Annalise said. I went outside. What she wants is help with the humans in the edge, the borderlands, and we can both agree they are a dire concern. She thinks the map may be a tool that can help. I have no idea, but that's what she wants. And what about our request, he asked. Our whole point in looking for her was because we thought she or her people could send us back home. What has she to say about that? Annalise paused. She stated her understanding. She didn't say if it was possible or not, or difficult or easy. She did not comment much yet. She added after a moment, I told her I want you to go back. He stood up and looked out the window. And you, Annalise? You've stopped using the word we when it comes to our fate. So what do you want for yourself? You know what I want, she answered quietly. You can't be reunited with your child, he said. You're alive. Anya's people can't do it unless you want them to kill you. Or if I happen to die for some other reason. Life is uncertain and you never know, she said. Stop it, he said. That's enough. She only said it was complicated and then we stopped talking about it. Then stop altogether, Annalise, Luke said. That's it. There is no discussion. If she wants help, we will try to help her and then we will see about going home, both of us. His voice was very firm. You can like it or not, but that's how it's going to happen. Her eyes widened a moment. You seem to be under the impression that you're in charge, Luke. He ran his hands through his hair in frustration. You're being ridiculous, Annalise, but if you want to have this absurd discussion, we will. The fact is, they're probably going to need the map. Otherwise, she wouldn't be so curious about it. And the map just so happens to belong to who? To me. I've got it. I'm the one who knows how to use it, and they want it. So in a manner of speaking, Annalise, yes, I am in charge. She sat quietly a moment and then stood up, going behind a dressing screen to trade her worn sundress from home for a simple gown that Sophie left. She came back out, didn't make eye contact, and just went to the polished bronze mirror, combing some of the tangles out of her hair. I'm sorry about your daughter, Annalise, Luke said. I saw her in the pool reflection, and I thought she was a child version of you. She looks just like you, he paused. He noted she was hiding tears. Tell me about her. Her name is Evelyn, Annalise said. She was my only child, and she liked riding her bike and pink dresses and playing in the mud and dancing and music, bedtime stories, frogs, fairy wings, soccer, and rainstorms. A car accident took her from me. It was no one's fault, really. Rainstorm, and the other driver's tires just slipped on the pavement and we collided. I buried her in her pink dress with her wings, and now she is a fairy child after all in a manner of speaking. She sounds like an amazing little person, he said softly, and someday you will be with her again in the fullness of time, but not yet. Annalise asked, if we both go home, Luke, then what? Then we live our lives as we should, and you know I'm out there, and I know you are, and we will have to find peace with that. I don't know if I can find peace, that is, when I know you're just miles away, but that's how it has to happen. Annalise persisted in silence until she said, Anya has a guard on me probably on you too. He said, I may go anywhere I choose except that I cannot leave this island. Not much of a conversationalist. Takes things quite literally. We met, Luke said grimly. So we get in a room with Anya and whoever she wants and we talk about how to get rid of those humans and their vehicles and guns and how to make them never come back. You know they're coming for a reason, Annalise said. 
they want something, or maybe they want to know if there's anything they want, if that makes sense. They'll keep trying. If their crew is all dead, they'll think there's something worth dying for, and they will not stop. He nodded. I don't know what they want, and maybe we don't care, but we have to get them out of here. She perked up. Can you give them typhus? Typhus, he said. No, I don't have the recipe for typhus in my jacket pocket, and if I did, it would kill everyone here, and the invaders will be feeling great after they get back home and have a course of treatment. Really, Annalise. She flopped back on the pillows. I'm just trying to think of something. I don't think infecting them with something is an option, he said. There isn't a World Health Organization lab just waiting to hand out a test tube of the plague. And then we kill everybody anyway. She said, I just wish I knew why they came. Someone with occult knowledge helped them open that doorway. You and I came through by accident, as did the other humans in the edge, we learned. But that was purposeful and a well-planned incursion on their part. He nodded. So there's money behind it, and a magician or something. They're speaking Portuguese. What, she asked? Portuguese of all things. You could buy mercenaries anywhere, he said. So let's talk to her, Annalise said, and find out what, if anything, humans have wanted from them in the past. We can try to make sense out of it and maybe find a plan. I don't know what she wants with her own map. She has her own pathmakers. I'll go tell the guard we need to see her, Luke said. He opened the door, and the guard was standing about one foot away, facing him. You're unnerving, Luke said to the guard. So, we need to talk to your lady, if we may. The guard bowed, still glowering somewhat at Luke from their earlier dispute. He turned and said something short and clipped to a man down the hall who left. The guard remained. Luke just stared at him a moment. He evidently did not intend to leave the doorway. Luke shut the door in his face and turned to Annalise. If he goes out, does he let you? I think so, she said, and opened the door, walking past the guard. The two of them proceeded down the hall, found the garden, and with the guard, like a shadow, at their back. It occurred to her all at once, where's the map now? Luke blinked and checked his pockets. Not with me, he groaned. I think she still has it. Annalise rolled her eyes and went to the garden and sat down, prepared to wait. The wait was brief. Anya came out to them, surprising them both. They sat under a trellis of roses in the bright mid-morning light. Annalise lacked very much patience and started right out. My lady, first of all, we're looking for Luke's map, and we hope that you have it. And secondly, we want to talk about what can be done to solve your problem outside your border. Luke chimed in, they want something, and I don't know what. If we kill them, whoever sent them will assume you have something worth protecting, and you do. If they could cut the barrier between the world of the humans and the outlands, a little more effort might get them into your world. Annalise and I got here with a minimal talent and a map we don't quite understand and high hopes. They've got some kind of magician of their own that got them here. Magician or scientist, he added. Sometimes not that big of a difference depending on who you ask. Your best bet is for them to think there's nothing in the Outlands worth coming for. Annalise spoke up. However, as I mentioned, we are an exploratory race and frequently to our discredit a conquering one. The appeal of an entirely different reality alone may be enough for them to send more soldiers back even if they don't find anything at the beginning. The cost has to outweigh the benefit in such a way that it destroys their curiosity. In our own world, people came across great oceans to conquer continents they thought might have something as simple as a good farm, the right kind of minerals, or just a new place to live where they could be out from under the power of others. They did a lot of harm that way, and they gave no thought to what will happen to the places if they go. It will be the same with these ones. Anya nodded. My magicians have a few illusions they can use to confuse them and turn them around so it seems futile. Annalise raised her brows. If they can feel lost, confused, and weak, and also see nothing worth coming for, they might not come back, or at least not for a while. Luke murmured, what are the last places humans have failed to colonize? 
Annalise answered, knowing what he was thinking. Any place completely inhospitable and unlikely to become livable without severe effort and for very little benefit. Or, Luke added, not interesting enough to spend much money. Annalise turned to Anya. Can you make it so there's no breathable air for them? Anya said, only if you want all the humans wandering in the outlands to suffocate too. Oh, Annalise said, never mind then. Luke inquired, My lady, we are going to do everything we can to try to help you, whatever humble help we may render. However, in case Annalise has not yet made it clear, our objective is to go home. Anya nodded, I understand this. She glanced to Annalise, but I think, Luke, you can only speak for yourself. I'm not sure Annalise shares your goal. Annalise held up a hand to stop any ensuing debate. Luke and I are in the process of speaking about this, she began. There's nothing more to be said, Luke interrupted. We're going, both of us. An awkward silence ensued. So, back to our topic, Annalise began. I want to ask you something. In our story, there are many tales of otherworldly islands. One of the most prominent in all of the stories is one called Avalon. Yes, Anya said, I know those stories. I heard them told around the fireside when it was easier to pass between your world and mine. We have a place nearly like it, and some of your humankind came and went from this land in friendship when more of them knew how to cross the border, and so did we. A long time ago... Human religion taught them to fear us, and eventually they did not believe in us at all, and now the world's very hard to pass through one into the next. Annalise nodded. That's what I wanted to ask. In some of the stories, it was said that a great act of magic forcefully pushed the land of humans and your world apart, so they are difficult or nearly impossible to cross between. Is that true? Anya nodded. It is. That is why the Outlands, what you call the Edge, exists. There is your world and my world in between the Outlands. All places and times are layered one upon another like rock and soil and grass. The edge was placed in the middle as a safe way to keep us apart. It is a place with no time, no sun or moon or predictable sky because it is nowhere. That is why you were told if I send you back, I cannot guarantee when you will arrive in time or even in place. My magicians can cross my border into the outlands and they know how to cross from the outlands into the world of humans, but they don't do it very often, if ever. Even the pathfinders can't go into the human world. The magicians are very old, and they can, but they don't very much. However, the outlands know no time or space, and so we may not align purposely into where and when that door, the world of humans, will open. You could go home, and everyone you know is long dead, or you could go back, and your loved ones are not even born. But this is what we had to do to be safe. The humans walked away from what was beautiful in the earth, sky, and sea. They chose to think of their lives as a punishment that they must endure until they went to paradise. There were soldiers earlier, too, many from another part of your world with shields and swords and spears and golden eagles on long poles marching. We kept them out of here. Some of us even helped the humans fight, but their conquerors won. Fewer people knew how to visit us, and we chose not to visit them during that time. Then the wars were over, and there was peace, but the priests of a new religion came, and people no longer remembered how to make the offerings to the earth or talk to the trees or to look between the willow fronds for a doorway. And so our magicians pushed our worlds apart. Luke was listening intensely to this. You were there, he asked. Yes, she said. I was a child. Annalise murmured, that story is hundreds of years old. As you measure time, Anya reminded them. And so that is what has happened, Luke said. Why does Annalise starve for heat and energy in the outlands? Because it is not a real place, Anya said, and everything there is a shadow of reality. Annalise has the old blood which needs the life of the land to feed it. Your world is still alive enough, and you told me before that she is well there. 
My lands are even more rich with that life. See how she thrives here? Luke looked at her silently. It was true. Annalise had a sort of glow to her. He thought it was because she was rested, but now he started to understand what Samuel had told them in his cave. Annalise was truly a different type of creature than he. Humans both, but with energy systems that were just very different. She does thrive, he stated. Anya nodded. It is because part of her shares the same ancestry as I. She is one of us, in part. Once upon a time, someone must have taken her baby into the world of the humans and stayed, probably to fail... Uh, follow a male human to be his wife. She sighed. Our young don't survive very well in the world of humans. Everyone knows this from your stories, too. They say that we steal human babies and replace them with our own sickly ones. That is not true. But some of the women of my world were grieved when the worlds were pushed apart, and they were to be taken away from their human lovers. Some left and went to the world of humans. Not all of them were suited to it, nor were their babes, and the poor babes grew weak, and some died. But Annalise's ancestor evidently did just fine, and now here is Annalise. Annalise said, I need to sit down, and unceremoniously retreated to a bench nearby. She thought about this for a few minutes. Then Evelyn, my child, is of the same blood. In part, Anya reminded her, yes. And so, as you saw, your beautiful child is in the lands of the dead, the lands of the ever young. She's in the summer lands where go all the people of our kind, unless they choose otherwise. But this is a mystery too great to discuss more today. Luke had been absorbing all of this and looked at Annalise again with new eyes. He also realized with a sinking feeling that Annalise now knew part of her belonged in this place, and as he met her gaze, he knew that to get her back home was now going to be a much harder task. After blinking at her a few more times, he said to Anya, But it does seem that time exists in the edge, in the outlands. There is light and dark, unpredictable surely, but the passage of time exists. In a manner of speaking, but not in a measurable way, the sky, Anya began. We don't see it there, Luke said. It is not a place, Anya reminded him. Without sky, there's no sun, moon, or time. We saw the sky, Annalise piped up, just a couple of times. She halted. Luke blinked. When you found it, Annalise, and I used it to follow the map, which I could not do until you showed me the sky. Why could she do that? His eyes went to Anya. Anya said, because she has the blood. She knows how to pass between your world and mine. She can pierce the border. Luke said, so, and he went silent. Annalise had a sudden shocking understanding. If I can do that, I can take us home myself. Anya looked at both of them with measuring eyes. How long could you hold open the grayness and see the sky, Annalise? Not long, Annalise replied. And, asked Anya, when you opened the grayness and saw the sky, how would you know where to go? The map, he said. She showed me the sky. I aligned it with the symbols on my map, and it opened a door. Could you control where it opened, Anya asked, and when? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just we followed our intentions to get back here and to get your warriors back home to the healers. Annalise said, by the view of the sky, I could at least know what time of day, I suppose. Maybe which time of year if I could look longer, but I cannot. Anya said, you could have sent yourselves anywhere in this world, into the ocean a hundred years ago or a hundred years in the future. You could have taken my hunters with you. You are lucky that your will was strong. You have a tool, and you are babies with this tool. Luke said, and where might be that tool at this moment? Where you can't play with it, Anya said. Come inside and break your fast. She turned and walked inside the entrance to the hall without further discussion. Annalise looked at Luke while she pondered. Then it is my fault, Luke, in truth. What, he asked, looking perturbed. Getting us here in the first place. 
I didn't know I could do that under that willow tree. Evidently, that's what I did. Well, you had my complicity symbol, Luke mused, a symbol of two people working together in a close energetic bond. That's how you got me there. And that is probably why that willow tree is on your land and on my land. It's one of the gateways that exists in no place or time. It's just closed on our side unless one knows how to use it or even knows what it is. You left a note with that symbol at the fair for me. Why? Annalise asked. I just had a dream, that's all, he said. My head hurts, Annalise said. Luke paced around. If we get the map back, we may be able to get ourselves out of here. Maybe, she said, in the wrong time or place, the future or past. Her magicians can't even guarantee where we will land, he said, or precisely when. Except I think they can with that map, Annalise said, and I think that's why she has it, for their use and to make sure no one else gets it. Let's figure out how to help her and get out of here, Luke said quietly, glancing over at the guard again. Without that, she could put us back into the edge. Without that tool, we would have no choice. We'd have to either stay there forever or try to get home alone, perhaps in the entirely wrong time. She has complete control over our fate now. End of volume two. So that was a good start, uh, getting us back to our Willow Bower story. I will have more. I'd started more for the next chapter, but um, I actually didn't know how much time I would have today, so I started with that. It is today, January 2, 2016. Yesterday was New Year's Day. Happy New Year to all of you on this calendar. Hope you're all doing well. Um, I hope to have another episode soon of regular content, not not just necessarily storytelling, and try to alternate in between the two kinds of um, storytelling and regular content back and forth until we have a little bit more material going. So, again, if you're looking for this um, and you want to listen to the former chapters, which probably would make more sense if you did, um, again, you can find them all in iTunes or here on Blog Talk Radio at the in-between. If you search for me on the iTunes menu to download those, just put in um, the in-between and put the word Jessica in the search field as well, and it should show up. it should show up my menu. So just subscribe to it or whatever you want to do, download the episodes you want. There are more episodes than just storytelling. There are also regular content episodes about spirituality, um, Celtic things, seasonal things, magical things, things that might be interesting to you. So anyway, it was good to be back again with the story, and I will have more again soon. And Happy New Year to all of you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.